I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Online Darts Live Lounge with me, Phil Bars, and of course, joined by always, Jolly and then Jack Gobby Garwood. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we? Evening, Phil. How are you? Yes, all good over here, my friend. It is uh, a certainly an interesting six days. How do you finding life outside of the bubble right now, must, be, must ask? Uh, yeah, it's nice to be home for 72 hours or whatever it is around that sort of number before heading back to the, the, the bubble. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's different. Nice to be in my own bed. But normality, nah, I can't wait to get back, if I'm being honest. I never thought I'd say I'm missing Milton Keynes. <laughs> You're probably the only person <laughs> I think anyone's is. ever said Sorry, that before, Andy. No, nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, what a, what what a week what a week it's been. It must be said to be fair. Um, I think it's just been one of those mad weeks where we've I haven't really seen this in the Premier League for a long time. Where every night we think, oh, it can't get better, and then it does. Oh, it's been mint. It it warmed up, it tickled our taste buds, and then bang, we had the main courses. Um, just some unbelievable darts, some drama, some action, some needle, some social media blitzes from players. It's had it all. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. It's, just a bit. It, and it's been normally, say, go on, go normally on. I, I tend to find that the second phase of the Premier League tends to peter out a little bit. You get all the drama building up to judgment night. And then it sort of tails off a bit right up until the night before finals night. But actually, it's got even better as we've moved on to phase two. And that's what the Premier League should be about. Yeah, 100%. It's all to play for. No one's running away with it. It's all close. In theory, 
all eight can still make the playoffs. Unlikely, I know, but in theory, could happen. Yeah, you know, but, but, but that isn't that the beauty of the whole thing? The fact that we're sitting here still saying that, you know, even with Daryl Gurney, normally at this point, eighth place is just trying to play for seventh. But the fact is, is that, yeah, he can still get on to 16 points. And in this league, it might actually be enough. Yeah, it, it might be because the fact that everyone is beating everyone is, is the thing that you couldn't say going into a game, I really fancy him to win at the moment because the betting over the last couple of days has just gone out the window. Off a beat, hasn't they? I gave up no, after the second night. <laughs> I gave up. I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy enough. I'm happy enough to on this one because a nice little learner to end the week. Beautiful scenes. Darts is the winner, and I am as well. I am the oracle. And you still won't. Get, and you still won't get the round in next time we see each other. <laughs> no, of course not. When is that ever? When is that ever going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, we go for a short break here. Four games to go. We're also going to run through the final night's action in a minute because there was no daily because obviously we were doing the show tonight, so we didn't want to go over everything twice. However, some talking points before we get into that. Jar, where are we, on, where are we at at the moment? I heard there was a big admission coming tonight. I heard there, there was a big revelation coming out of Mr. Eaton's mouth tonight, and I think he might be about to side with me and you, Mr. Bars. I, I do have a new best player in the world. And uh, look, it, it's taken me does, a long time. Does he time. suddenly throw kite flights? <laughs> no, he doesn't suddenly throw kite flights because it's Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson's the best player <laughs> in the world, Gob. Gary Anderson's my big admission. I've gone from Peter Wright and I've moved over to his new Scot to his Scottish partner in the World Cup. Gary Anderson is the best player on planet darts. I wish you were right. But you're just not. I <laughs> I am, unfortunately. Look, I don't make the rules on this one. I don't make the rules. It, I just enforce them. Gary's the best player in the world, hands down. Well, this moment in time. No, actually, no, not hands down at the moment. It is close. It is very close. And Glad Durant is second. Look. Peter right now third. But, but Ando is still. Are you doing your level best to list. avoid agreeing with us too? No, no. I, I, we'll come on to all this discussion when we do the good week, bad week a little bit later. No, uh, no, no, not the moment. Not the moment. Nearly I am. But I will tell you what I'll do. When we talk about good week, bad week, when we talk about who's had a good week and a bad week, I promise you, I will just tell you then why I believe that Gary Anderson currently is the best player in the world. But at the same time, like, look, we can't deny Glenn Durant is... Up there, and he has had a great week in the in the bubble. And last night, he, he won me £104. Cheers, man. Got to say that. Thanks, mate. Uh, but we have to um, go on. Yes. But Phil Bars had an interview with him last night that if you haven't watched on our YouTube channel, go and watch it once we finish this live show. And he actually said there, from 201, he's the best player in the world, not from 501. And I'm agreeing with Glenn Doran at this point. Disagree. I, I think his scoring has got that much better 
since he swapped to these kite flights, the number of 180s he's hitting, just the con sheer consistency in and around that treble. And even that wild dart that he has in his armory where he, he snatches a little bit or tries to thread a little bit too hard. We're seeing that less often. Glenn Doran, no, whether I, I, you I want do. to admit it or not, is the best player in the world right now. He doesn't want to admit it. So if he doesn't want to admit it, I yeah, don't yeah, have yeah. to admit but it. He Glenn, doesn't, he Glenn until last night, didn't want to admit that he was going to win the Premier League league phase. He's four points clear. Look, we, we can only take what, what darts players say, God. And as you all know, darts players never, underest never underestimate themselves. They never play anything down. Glenn Durant is always straight and, and honest about it. And he just never underplays anything. So I'm going to go with Glenn on this one. <laughs> Right. To, yeah, to, to right. be fair, I right spinning it. I still I still think Michael Van Gerwen is the best player in the world. However, I think Glenn Durant You're is wrong, currently throwing the best darts in the world. You are wrong, unfortunately. Yeah, on that I one, still TV. think that no, no, he's not wrong because if any player produces their top level game, Michael Van Gerwen is still the best. The best player it, in the world. It's how you quantify it. It's it's like the Phil versus Michael argument. Phil will always be. The, the consistent title-winning machine that he was. Michael's top-level game is better than anything Phil ever produced, but the longevity of Phil will always make him the greatest darts player to ever lived. Most successful. Can we word it right? Yeah. Well, we, we were discussing this on a Premier League Daily the other day, and this is my argument now. We can discuss this now. And leave it in the comments as well, by the way, everybody watching on this show, about your uh, thoughts on Phil and Michael. But here's my argument, Gob. Do we or do we not suggest that when uh, Phil Taylor was winning titles at his pomp, the, the fact that he made every single uh, final in the World Darts Championship when it was at the Circus Tavern, are we not going to sit here and say that the BDO was the better organisation still? Mm, maybe. Yes, we are. Now, Richie Burnett was massively underappreciated for a long time. Correct, he was. Now, when, in my opinion, as I've always stated this, when Barney made the switch over in 2006, changed the game completely, opened up the market to, to new audiences, and the PDC then have just ran with it ever since, and, well, the BDO has just become a sham of itself, quite frankly. Now, ever since Phil has, has had that competition from Barney, there's been more winners of the World Championships. Yes, he's he's obviously won a couple of World Championships. He's won two, obviously, in 2010 and in 2013, made a World Final, of course, in 2015. But apart from that, you've seen that as the strength of the PDC has gone, people have challenged him. Now, obviously, we have to go to the point that, you know, he, by that point, he was in his 50s, which is ridiculous to be having that longevity. But at the peak of his powers... I don't know whether Rayman Barneveld would have beat. I think Rayman Barneveld peak RBB would have beaten peak Phil Taylor at that stage. And I don't remember a talent that has ever thrown a dart. Yes, I do. I do maintain peak RVB did beat him. He beat him twice. UK Open and the World Mentally. Championship fight in the greatest game that's ever been played. I know you've had a heavy Mentally weekend, not strong enough. but I thought you'd play her up by now. <laughs> Mentally not strong enough. Well, arguably, we know you disappointed greatest... you're not in Belgium for the Grand Prix, mate, but you didn't have to drown your sorrows all weekend to come up with that nonsense. 
It's not nonsense. Peak RBB would have beaten Peak Field Taylor. I will happily maintain that now. And in 2007, See, RBB did beat him in the greatest game ever played. Once. No, Twice, no, in fact. No, no Yvonne was still in his peak for the next four or five years. And how many titles did he deliver then? Uh, Barney wasn't at his peak. His peak then dropped back in 2008 because he had, according as Superdell always said to you, the greatest year of his life, as he always said on uh, the commentary for Sky in the intro for years. Now, for me, there has been no better talent than Michael Van Gerwen ever been play, ever been thrown a dart, which is why I'm with Phil Bars on this one, that Michael Van Gerwen is the greatest player to ever pick up a dart. That we know what he will ever touch what Taylor did, but you have to put it into context the fact that I don't think he was really challenged that often in the PDC when the PDC was being brought through. Does that make sense? Yeah, but he's to, still to a degree. I don't. I, I... I love, no matter what topic we're talking about in darts, the minute Phil comes up, this is the conversation. Yeah, it's always going to be back, back, back to point that what we were talking about, that for me, MVG is still the best player in the world. However, Glenn Durrant right now is throwing the best darts out of anyone in the world over the last month. I still think Glenn's the best player in the world by virtue of the fact he's the most difficult man on the planet to beat right now. Right now, no, it was form. I, I get we're being very sensationalist in in the it's since he's returned from the bubble and, and all that sort of thing and the form that he carried before he did have that that off night, shall we say, in that semi final against Dimitri. And it is very sensationalist to judge it on such a short period of time with all these different things going on. But if we are just looking at this time period, Glenn Doran is the best player in the world and has been for the last two to three months. You can't say that because he didn't win a, he didn't win a summer series event for a kickoff. He hasn't won a PDC title since February of last year. What do you want about? How many titles have been offered since February? <laughs> what? No, February last year is in 2019. That was the last time he won a PDC. That was last time he's a two-time Pro Tour winner. What do you want about? Like... Look, I said I'm not it's suggesting that he's what not... we're saying, but he is the best player in the world right now. Oh, he's not. Two v one against him. Are you outvoted? If the world championship no, tomorrow, no, no, who are you putting your house on? This is a, this is another point that I was going to come on to when we talked about Dozer. At this moment in time, Glenn Durant for me is the favourite to go and lift the world championships at Alexander Palace in in January. Genuinely. But you just told me I'm he's not, not the best player in the world. Trying... No, he's not. But at the moment, he favors, he's playing great. He favours leg play over set play. He favours leg play over set play, and you just made a favourite for the set play monster in four months' time. He's got to won three world championships for God's sake. Like you know, he's not like exactly a scrub when it comes to the set play. He's a three-time back-to-back-to-back BDO world champion. The only person since Bristow to do it. Don't say he favours leg play over set play when he goes and wins three bloody he, titles. He himself admits he favours leg play. He said it in one of his interviews with Phil earlier in the week. Look, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what he said. Pay attention, man. It's our own content. 
<laughs> anyway, gentlemen. <laughs> now you've had now you've had your lovers tiff. We've got that out of the way. You can <laughs> make up sex in a minute. <laughs> um, before we go on. <laughs> Be, um, be, be, before we go on to last night's Premier League, just a quick couple of comments on YouTube. Remember, get them in. Oh, first of all, apologies that we can't stream to Facebook tonight. The good computer with the good um, internet is sadly out of action. So we're um, just to one platform only this evening. So obviously YouTube, and then we can share it from there. First of all, Bobby on YouTube. Evening, lads. Glendurrant will go and beat him for the rest of the Premier League season. Good call, Bobby. We like you. Um, also, is there a chance the live lounge can go on Acast? Jar, that's one for you. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get ourselves onto Acast. Unfortunately, we are working on it. Just bear with us. Um, but uh, like I say, at the moment, we're all on any pretty much any other platform provider at the moment. So Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, any other podcast that you can find on there. But we will try and get ourselves onto Acast. Just bear with us. Cheers, Bobby. And he says quality content as always. Uh, Dave, uh, when am I return to the Premier League? Uh, Wednesday morning, mate. Back on the road to Milton Keynes to get back into the bubble. And Lendl, great shirt, Phil. I know just sporting some some new online darts merch here um, for the first time, busting it out. As always, right, gentlemen, Premier League talking points. That's what we're here for. And we haven't done it. So, night 12 from Milton Keynes. Four unbelievable games. And they all had something. Let's let's start at the top. Nathan Aspinall against Gary Anderson. It was 8-6 to Ando. Firing himself into contention for the playoffs. He's just bobbing along, Gary. And he, no, I can't do this. No, I can't do this. Hold my coat. Get out of my way. Um, but... I, I, the Asp uh, will be kicking oh, himself a little bit. The Asp will be yeah, kicking himself definitely. a little bit. In the middle part of that game, Gary was there for the taking a little bit and he, he missed some big opportunities. Yeah, he did. There's no doubt about that. Um, but this is the thing I've found about Nathan Aspel recently. Like, My only concern with Nathan is the fact that he's going on at the moment and not winning big games. Like obviously he's, he beat Michael Smith throughout the week, and we discussed that. But he had a chance to beat a very out of form Michael Van Gogh, and he didn't take it. Probably his worst performance of the week, and then he doesn't get the job done against Gary for a minimum point. Like that's my that's my only concern at this moment in time with the young Nathan Aspinall in inverted brackets. That like he obviously belongs to that list, but this is the point that I've been making for the past what three four days now that it doesn't really matter if he doesn't go and win these games at this moment in time because it's still only a point off the damn playoffs. It's mental. Yeah, but that point could be a big point towards the end. If he loses out by a point, he'll look back at those results and absolutely kick himself, a bit like Gary and Price did last year when all those draws and drop points cost him a place at the 0-2. But moving on to Gary, it was a delight and... Gob, where are we with the phase two darts? Over the last week, <laughs> you've gone from absolutely <laughs> lambasting him for getting him out of the draw. Yeah. Night number one, best movie ever made. Night number two at Milton Keynes, what's he doing? And then by, by here we are now, is it a good move? I don't know. I, 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 I'm still <laughs> not sold on him, but... Last night was the first time that he's topped the maximum stats since the return to the bubble, which is what we're used to seeing Gary do. Yes, 
Marcus Smith has been scoring exceptionally, so that massively is disproportionate to what everyone else is doing at the minute. But for Gary to go on and do that shows a confidence within his game. He's scoring very well. And apart from that blip night he had where he went from seven of eight on the doubles first night to one from eight the following night, he's looked very good. I'm still not sure if it's the darts or the action. There are occasions where he does have those drop of form, those odd two, three legs, and it's about staying competitive within those legs if he's if he's going to go on and, and be in that top four and compete for the trophy. But there's still signs in the action that I think he, 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 he isn't over the back injury, and that makes me think he might never be. I still think there's the odd twerk or the still the odd early release that means he just doesn't quite trust it 100% which is a shame because a fully fit Gary Anderson is one of the greatest talents of all time. His form two, three years ago was unbelievable. Every time he stepped on stage, he was electric. So if he finds that and he can just carry on with this consistency, he'll still get close to winning titles, just not to the same extent he did two, three years ago. No, agreed. And a big two points for Gary Anderson. Moving on. What a game this was from both players here. Peter Wright losing 8-6 to the Iceman Gerwin Price. Gezi on the move right now, playing some unbelievable stuff the last two nights. Peter Wright missing nine darts, second night in a row. 50 grand was one dart away. And it was closer to South End. However, just a great <laughs> game from, from, from both of them. and. Look, we'll touch on Peter in a minute, but Gezi is looking quite tidy, quite polished right now. After not playing at all well, at the click of her fingers, he's found it. Yeah, I think after the uh, Glenn Durrant loss and the social media incident after that, I wasn't expecting the performances we've had the last two nights. I thought he'd be a little bit more timid, a little bit more apologetic, but he's just gone up back on stage. He made his apology and he's got back to being a professional darts player that's got two really good results in two nights to back up the early form that he had back in the bubble where he corrected that that abysmal leg difference. And now he looks like a real threat to, to make finals day. Yeah, no, definitely. Jar, what was, what was your thoughts on the, the Gezi upturn in form? Not a surprise. He's the world number bloody three. I don't get why we're so surprised by this. To be brutally honest about it, look, I, the, the thing is, is that awful he's just gonna that. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. He's he gonna beat. He, he did bit to the summer series. Okay, the match play wasn't great. He even said it himself. But after the first night, where you know he didn't play well against Asp, he goes and he goes and destroys Gary Anderson seven one. He then goes and puts in a Premier League whitewash against uh, the contender, Jermaine Watamina. Okay, the, the Glenn Durrant uh, incident, we all know, we've all discussed anyway, so that's that. But then he's gone and beaten the, the, the previous world champion in Michael Van Gerwen, a three-time world champion, and then the current world champion's gone down despite averaging 107 against him, 8-6. I don't know what we're suggesting about Gerwin Price because he's... You talked about it before, Gob, about him being a Grand Slam champion in the UK Open. Nothing really else more than that. But 
you know, he's a two-time Grand Slam champion, tw uh, twice UK Open finalist, player championship finalist, world championship semi-finalist. He's not exactly a scrub. I know you've never said that, by the way. I'm not putting words in your mouth. But, I, look, I'm not surprised by this. And I think this is a similar thing. I'm more concerned about Snakebite, if you want me to be brutally honest, because he's now, that's three straight great games that he's had, and he's lost. You know, that's, that's another big loss for, for, for Peter Wright. Like, you know, he, had, he obviously had the win against, uh, you know, he lost against Gary on Friday, averaging 101.5. He then uh, loses to Daryl Gurney despite averaging 103 and hitting a nine data. And then he goes and averages 107, misses a nine, just like he did on Thursday, and loses to eight, six to go in price. It's all gravy throwing 107 average, but it don't mean jack crap if you can't win it. Talking of the nine dart, did we all think he was going to hit it or miss it as he went for that double no, 12? No chance. For 50 no chance. No chance. Uh, look, he just didn't look right. I'll be brutally honest about it. Like, you know, it was on Thursday. On Thursday, you just, just thought it would go in. I was more surprised that he hit it on Saturday night. Oh, sorry, on Friday night, excuse me, when he hit the nine dart. Was it Saturday? No, it was Saturday. All days blending into one at this point. Um, but no, I was more surprised that he actually hit it on Saturday. But to have three nine dart chances in one week is ridiculous, by the way. Can we just say that now? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the first the first miss is is understandable. He's never had one on stage. That's the pressure. The second one is quality. The third one, I think that eighth dart is a little bit loose and that panics him. And I think he throws that double 12 way too quick with what's on the line. That'll be going through his head. And that dart just being that little bit wobbly, I think that got to him and he's rushed it and dragged it horribly. But I agree with Wright's form. He is finding ways to lose games, no matter what the standard is, no matter how good he's throwing. He is finding ways to lose games in a minute. And, and that's the complete opposite of where you want to be. We, we thought he'd corrected this form at the start of the bubble. And then, like I said, the last three nights, it just hasn't gone very well for him. Um, Gezi, the opposite, I suppose. He, he's, he's found ways to win and he, he keeps producing. 100%. Uh, before we go on to game number three, just one for Daz on YouTube. Um, it will be Russ and George again for the last four games, mate. Um, anyone that was tested at the start um, goes back in. So, unfortunately, we won't see... Um, Paul, Q or Kurt, it will be Russ and George all over again. Right, moving on to match number three. The world number one, MBG beating bully boy Michael Smith, eight legs to five. And he's back. He's back. No, only joking. But a very good I disagree. from the world number one. I thought he played some really good I, stuff I... and there was pure emotion on stage again. Something that we haven't seen for a long time. Owning that stage, you dominating know we that stage. Yeah, you know what we talked about, Phil, on uh, on Friday after the win against Ass, right? When I talked about the moment where we, we, we in Harry Potter, where we, where we <laughs> Cornelius Fudge just see Lord Voldemort. <laughs> He's back. Right? That I love the Harry Potter reference. On Sunday. Oh, you got you can't you gotta love the Harry Potter reference, Scott. <laughs> Come on now. That performance from Michael Van Gerwen on Sunday night was a he's back. Because I've just 
how brilliant a performance that was. Now, Smith, as we've all talked about, has been throwing great darts, certainly from 501 down to a double. When it gets onto a double, we all know the story. But I think that is a moment where we do have to sit up and say no about Michael Van Gerwen. The, I think, actually, Phil, the break has come at the wrong time for him. Because if he'd have been going into games after hitting that sort of performance, I reckon he, there would be no doubt in my mind that he would just try and steamroll the rest of the field and make sure he's there at finals night. But that performance from me sat up and ta- made me sit up and take notice of Michael Van Gogh and went, he's still here. He's still playing. He's still playing some unbelievable darts. And I think that was, for me, by far and away, his best performance of the week. Yeah, hundred. Just just because of what it meant to him, and you could see what it meant to him as well. And it was just more his stage demeanour for me. He was throwing the darts again, not just lobbing. Not, not lobbing was the wrong word, but you know what I mean. He there was some venom in the throw again. Um, yes, there was a he few ropey confident. ones that were going in. Yeah, um, I still think there's a few going in at funny angles, but the signs are, are, are good and. He, he, he listens to everything. He listens to Wayne writing him off and people like that. And he's like, hang on a minute. I'm not having any of this whatsoever. And more importantly, he's back in... De- Destiny's in his own hands. Because if he'd have lost last night, whew, huge, huge trouble for the world number one. As it is, it's all back in his own hands. Then last up of the four games, the league leader and the best player in the world at the moment, Glenn Durrant winning 8-3 over... <laughs> Shake your finger all you want, Jar. I'm in charge of the intro, so I can say what I want. 8-3 um, victory <laughs> over Darren Gurney. <laughs> That's how it works on this show. Um, <laughs> see, Phil, just doing the volleyball, teeing it up to me, and I'm just going to smash it down in your face. <laughs> Yeah, um, 8-3 <laughs> victory, Gob. And again, another decent performance. Coming off the back of a ropey one against Gary. Bounce back. Another 100-plus average from him. He's on the hallowed 19 points, which should be enough to book him a place at finals night. Mathematically not certain, but for the last five years, 19 points has been the holy grail. And again, just looked so good again last night. Yeah, he just moved through the gears early on. Daryl just had no answer every time Daryl got got close to possibly pinching a leg early on. Glenn stepped in and did what Glenn did. I think that the performance against Gary wasn't the level that we'd seen from him all week. And I think maybe he was carrying the weight of expectation of how well he's been playing, people talking Glenn's form up and, and being top of the league and being that comfortable and I think that sort of got to him a bit, but that, that fight back at the end was magnificent. But the performance last night was class once again from Glenn. And it's all well and good saying 19 points is the holy grail to get you in. There's no way Glenn Dorrant finishes on 19 points. He's in. He's in the finals night. And he genuinely, like he admitted for the first time, should be looking at top in this Premier League now because he's opened up that gap. He's playing better than everybody else in the bubble. He is the best player in the world right now. The most difficult man to beat. And I, I just think he's set up now to go on. And the worst thing for Glenn is that we're not playing finals night in this bubble at the minute. Yeah, 100%. Uh, if finals night's on yeah. Sunday, he wins the whole thing. I've got no doubt about that whatsoever. But like we spoke about before, the gap, the gap between finishing Saturday night and the 22nd of October, that anything can happen in that period. As That's uh, 
a week's a long time in darts, let alone um, four. So, there. But the result did Daryl Gurney no favours, probably ending his playoff hopes again. Mathematically can still get there, but from here it would take one monumental effort from Super Chin to make the playoffs. I think it's fair to say. So, there it is. The league table. Glenn Durrant sits top. Played 12, 1-8, drawn three. Only lost one game in 12 Premier League games. That's unbelievable. Can I just jump in there? Really quick. Can I just jump in there really quickly? To have a plus 27 leg difference. That is ridiculous. Plus 27 is mind-blowing. And he can still, I think he can, obviously, he wins all four games. I think I saw a stat uh, from Jay Shaw, uh, who, who works obviously on, on live darts, that he can actually go and break the Premier League record. Because obviously the Premier League record is 26. Yeah, for points in the league. So if he's still, that, to do that in your debut year, look, I'm, I know I've talked about him not being the best player in the world, but to do that in your debut year is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. No, I, I agree. Then second, I didn't think we'd say this, but Gary Anderson is second in the Premier League. Um, played 12, won six, drawn three, lost three, plus five, leg difference, 15 points. Good position for Gary Anderson right now. And I can just see by Gob's little twinkle in his eye there, he's like, oh, Gary. I agree. I, oh, I didn't Gary. see it coming. And with all due respect, oh, looking Gary, at his next few fixtures... They're Michael Smith and um, I've just lost it now. Daryl Gurney. They're two very winnable fixtures. The form that the other two are carrying. Yes, last week we got a bit carried away and declared that the form Michael Smith was carrying before this event, he was going to win it. That's not the case anymore. And at the minute, they're two very, very good fixtures for Gary to go on and actually put Glenn under pressure. Because Glenn's last four fixtures are not the nicest. And I get you're never going to get nice fixtures in the Premier League, but the way they fall in the order they fall, it could have been nicer for Glenn to round off his his opening Premier League league phase campaign. Agree. In third, the world number one back into the playoffs after spending a night outside that, that line. He was the wrong side of the line, but he's put that right back into third. 14 points, play 12-1-7, drawn none. That's an interesting one. For Michael, and that's why I think he's still in contention because of the, the draws do you no favours what whatsoever. But plus seven, 14 points. Interesting listening to him talk yesterday in a really good interview, and a really honest interview, I thought from him that he says, Look, yes, I can still win the league. It's out of my hands, but I genuinely believe I can still win it. Can he? No. Yeah. Yeah, he can. Glenn needs Glenn needs I'm two not out of four. Will. Yeah, but if, if, if Michael beats but Glenn, remember, then does Glenn start thinking? That's the third night. Uh, no, it's not. The second night, mate. It's the second, second night, night. Sorry, uh, but my, I don't know. Is the God's honest truth? I think it all depends on what happens on the first night back uh, when we are back on Wednesday, because MBG's got Peter Wright. That is a massive game. Obviously, it always is. But it does a it does a beat Michael Smith on uh, on Wednesday night. Michael Van Gogh can't win this Premier League. 
If he doesn't and Van Gerwen beats Price, Van Gerwen certainly still can. Interesting. And then in fourth, I, I, it is the Ice Van Gerwen Price. Fair, look. I mean, look, it's, it's a very unlikely thing, but, you know, I never thought I'd be alive to see Liverpool win the league, and that happened. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Body shot. Um, and in fourth, <laughs> Sorry, mate. is the Ice Van Gerwen Price. Played 12, won five, drawn three, lost four, plus 12. That's a huge leg difference. 13 points, which is. The reason Nathan Aspinall finds himself outside in fifth because him and Gezi are both on level points. But plus 12 is a absolute whopper of a leg difference. Wasn't he minus five at the end of or something like that? Wasn't he like minus five or minus six at the start of the week? Something like that. But, you, but then you think he won. 13 in two games, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. When fourteen out of fifteen legs doesn't help, it doesn't half help your leg difference. No, look. I, the thing is, is that I think what was more impressive actually for Gezi this week was how well he played against, admittedly, an out of sorts MVG, but still the fact that he went and did the job on him and get himself up into that top four from where he was at the start of the week. I had no hope of Gavin Price getting anywhere near the top four at the start of this week, and. To go with four at your last five, take some stones. Especially with the way that Peter Wright was playing last night as well. To, to stay with him and to do that was mint. 100%. Peter Wright in sixth, 12 points. It's just so tight. It, it's unbelievable. And Michael Smith in seventh with 11 points. Then Daryl Gurney in eighth on eight points. Probably too much to do. However, Michael Smith's only one win from going back into the top four. That's how tight from four down to seven it is. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. And he's scoring well enough to put big performances in and just take legs away and seriously improve that leg difference as well. But his doubles have been so poor this week for the second Premier League in a row. It's cost him... So many places. I genuinely think if he'd been 5% better on his doubles, which doesn't seem that significant, he'd be top three right now. He's just been playing that well until he gets below 100. And it just hasn't been there for him. No matter what modus operandi he's gone for, no matter what double checkout he's favoured when he's tried to switch around the board, it just hasn't been there for him. Um, if he puts it right, he's, he's still definitely in with a chance. Uh, the interesting one for me is Nathan Aspinall. Because his first two games back is the man above him in the table and the man below him in the table. Yeah. Speaking of that, let's go through Wednesday night's fixtures. Night 13 in Milton Keynes. First up, Glenn Durrant against Michael Smith. Daryl Gurney against Gary Anderson. Peter Wright against MVG in a repeat of the World Championship final. And last up, Gerwin Price against... Nathan Aspinall, what a set of fixtures to bring us back to the Premier League after a few days off. Now, Mental. let's be fair. They've all got something on them. And out of them all, Gary Anderson will be happiest with his set of fixtures to bring him back in. Would we agree with that? Yes. Um, I don't know, 100%. because... 
Gurney, Gurney, Michael Smith, the two men that have lost the most games in the last few weeks, is a hundred percent the way you'd want to be starting. Oh no, sorry, I thought Gurney you were talking is, about just basically just... out of contention. Yeah, yeah. If, no, if sorry, he wins I both of them, you, five I... points, he's at the O2 or wherever it will be. The, the, sorry, I thought you were talking about just on on uh, on, on Wednesday. No, absolutely, totally agree with you. Yeah, Gurney and and uh, Gurney and Smith is not a bad one. You then got to place Michael Van Gerwen, okay, and then Gerwin Price. But you know, certainly get yourself into that position of the O2 slash Milton Keynes, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, um, might not be I Milton Keynes that either. First game's massive as well. Oi, oi. Yeah, hundred percent. If just cast that out, yeah, just, oh, just throw that one out. By the way, as a <laughs> as a nibble. By the way, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll gloss over that. But the first game is is huge because if Glenn wins it, he is at the he is there. It is guaranteed. Like it's pretty much done, and you can almost hand him the cash bonus for finishing top of this Premier League. I just think he'll he'll settle in. Despite the fixtures he's got coming after that, I still think he picks up at least a point and then Michael needs to go four from four. And I'm just not sure that I see it with the form that he's carried at the minute. He's already lost five. If Smith wins, he's back in contention and that's massive. That then gives Gary an opportunity to start chasing and it puts so much pressure on the Gezi and Nathan Aspinall game as well. And also yeah, puts huge 100%. pressure on right against MVG. Obviously, that, that, that you say that first game is massive because as well as that, you've obviously got the the art the, the the spell, if you like, of Peter Wright against Michael Van Gerwen. But then if Wright wins that game, he could then find himself bouncing back into the top four, which would be which would be unbelievable, yeah. and it would overtake MVG as well, unless it's an eight six or something like that. So, you know, it's it's one of those. Here's one for you. Does Peter Wright go back to the World Championship box for the last four games? Yes. He's got to. You'd have to ask Peter that. Like, well, don't, well I, 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 I say I yes. He'd probably do it for night. Well, yeah, look, I, I, I'd expect him to for night one, and then he'll average 101, maybe lose 8-6, and then he'll go, why am I losing, and change again. That's just what Peter Wright does. I'm sure he has a sec. I'm sure he brings two suitcases with him just to Milton Keynes, just for his darts. <laughs> there, there is that. I don't know. Um, I, I just think it's that long ago that he used them for that World Championship and he's tinkered that much. I'm not sure it would have the immediate pick-up that we expect. I still, he's not playing badly, right? Uh, at the minute, he he's being done by some exceptional timing from his opponents who are putting in good performances on his bad legs and, and pinching those those tight games. He's not playing badly, right? I'll, I'll repeat that. He's he's just on the wrong end of some good results and some good performances, and we've seen that in the past. But he's mentally strong enough. He's won enough. And he's got the consistency of the high-level game to turn it around and see himself into that finals night. But then, of course, as well, right, if Peter Wright then decides to, you know, Peter Wright manages to keep those darts and he's still averaging 106 and this time beats Michael Van Gerwen, that then gives Michael Van Gerwen a hell of a, of a run-in. Because he's then got Durrett the next night on Thursday. He's then got Gary Anderson on Friday, which, you know, who just lost to 7-4. And then... He ends the week with Daryl Gurney, but if he loses those three those three games there, he won't get anywhere close to twenty points, which will get you in. 
you know, the maximum he can get if he loses those three games, which is possible, is um is is sixteen points. Now, admittedly, I don't think he will allow Glenn Durant to beat him again on Thursday night because we all know that when you get absolutely when when the, when you batter the world number one like Glenn did on th- on uh, Thursday night, oh sorry, on Wednesday night, he doesn't allow you a to beat him twice, especially after. You beat him one, uh, beat him by such a distance in the first time, and secondly, more importantly, when you're three and zero against him. Right, gentlemen, it's come to that time. I'm going to put you both on the spot. From this moment in time, which four players make finals night? Starting with first. you, Gob. Hey, love that. The top, the top two are in. Glenn Doran and Gary Anderson make finals night for me. I, I don't see them dropping off massively. I think that they need less than half or, or half the points on offer. Um, one win and a, a draw will definitely see Dozer in. I think Gary could sneak in on 18 as well, maybe, just because the way the fixtures are worked out without looking at it. They're going to take points off each other. There's going to be scraps around it. Um, I think Gezi... Sneaks in as well. I think he's he's playing very well. I think his his fixtures. I know it's the Premier League. I know these are the top guys in the world, but I just think that they've fallen pretty nicely. He, he's got Glenn and he's got MVG out of the way, um, and he he still has to play. Yes, Aspinall's a scrap to start with, but he plays Gurney and then Michael Smith in a row. They could both be done by the time he plays them then playing for position and prize money against each other. So I think Gezi's in. I think it's that fourth spot. And it all depends which Michael turns up on his return. Yes, that performance the last night was the return. He's back of, of Michael Van Gerwen. But if he loses to Snakebite on the return opening night, he's in a lot of trouble. Aspinall is very, very consistent. Is scrapping for, for points. Peter Wright, you still wouldn't write him off, despite the fact he, again, has, has got a tough fixture set. Um, I'm going to claim, I'm going to call Peter Wright over Michael Van Gerwen. Whoa! Hello! Whoa, wow! The show gone. Pipe bomb, MVM, wow. that's the top four. He absolutely, yeah. uh, John, he loves dropping the big over- show. Over to you. How do you follow that? Top of the league will be Gary Anderson. He will find a way to Hello. go top. <laughs> Is that yes. to back up your claim earlier so you don't look like an idiot? <laughs> top of the league will be Gary Anderson. He will find a way to do it. Uh Look. The reason why I'm saying this is because I reckon, and I've always said on the shows that we've been doing podcast-wise, that I will stick my house on the fact that Michael Van Gerwen will beat Glenn Durant on Thursday night. And I think that that is what is going to happen. And the reason why is because there's no way that MVG lets us go forward. Absolutely no chance on that. Uh, So, (laughs) Gary Anderson will finish top. He'll find a way to do it, and I think he beats MVG. Glenn will finish second. Uh, just. It'll be close, but just. 
Uh, I think it may all come down to a bit of leg difference here and there, maybe the odd point or something like that, but that's what I think is going to happen. Third place will be Michael Van Gerwen because that is just what happens. He turns up and he gets into the top four minimum. And then fourth place, I'm going to go for the other debutante, Mr. Bars. I'm going to go with Nathan Aspinall to crack the top four. So my top four are in this order. Number one, Gary Anderson. Number two, Glenn Durrant. Number three, Michael Van Gerwen. And number four, Nathan Aspinall. Right. Mine. You know Nathan plays Glenn on the final night, don't you? And by that point, either Glenn, Gary will already have won by that point, I think, in, in my opinion. I think he plays him. Right. No, no, sorry, please excuse me. There's a place at Aspinall before. It's very interesting, but I still but Aspinall beat Durant, the only player to beat him so far in the Premier League, Mr. Garwood. Right. My top four is as follows. Glenn Durant becomes only the third player ever to top the Premier League league phase. Second is Michael Van Gerwen. I think he goes four from four when we return. I'm going. You he think wins that he beats Glenn Durant as well? Yes. I think he goes four. I knew I liked you, Mr. Bars. And puts pressure on Durant, but Durant just gets over the line to Pippin. But MBG goes close. Third, I'm going for Gary Anderson. Just like what I see at the moment. And right now, I think the Iceman finishes fourth. Because, again, I like what I see at the moment from him compared to the others. So, Glenn Darren, Michael Van Gogh and Gary Anderson, Gerwin Price is my top four. I'll say, I'll say this very, very quickly. Can we appreciate the fact that we, at this moment in time, could have a Premier League semi-final between Michael Van Gerwen and Gary Anderson? First to ten legs. Just like the blue touch paper, put your feet up and enjoy it. This is this is the thing though that once it goes to that, if Michael Van Gerwen makes that top four longer format, you wouldn't back against him, would you? I would. It's, I would. it's the same man. format as the opening round of the match play. Just putting that out there. And also the same format. Not been very good at that. UK Open. At the end of the yeah, UK right, Open. Been a bit good at that, good. But he's not been very good at the match play. And <laughs> the UK Open doesn't support my claim. So let's not let facts get in the way of this. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but hang on, though. You say that. This is the point where people were talking. No, hang on. People were talking about this. And we were talking about this the other day. I, I still maintain that Van Gogh didn't obliterate the field at the UK Open. Yeah, well, great well, performance well, against well, Nathan well, Aspinall. Well, well. Go on, go on. I'm going to stop on, your tracks there because I, I saw you put this on Twitter the other day and I did some investigational work. Oh, here he comes. Where's me? Where's where's me sheet? Don't worry. I might have preempted this one. This is 100% an iPhone note. You've been waiting for this, haven't you? You've been well, waiting for me to call this claim. <laughs> <laughs> so, ah, Michael Van Gerwen didn't play too good at the UK Open. Right. In round number one, he beats Nathan Aspinall 10-8 with 105.48 average. 
Okay. It's all right. Okay. Round number two. Round number two was this was the slight Jason. wobble. He beat Jason Lowe. The 10 slight wobble. Ninety-five point, but not ninety-five the average. Slight isn't wobble. Shite. But that's that's the no, only one. Right. So what, what was that average against Jason Lowe in the first fifteen legs? Yeah, about to say he could have been whitewashed. He could have been whitewashed, and he still Jason Lowe had a ninety-five and a half average. Moving on been into round off. number six of the UK Open. Yeah. He absolutely obliterates yeah. James Wade. 10-5, 109.85. He does. He does. Quarterfinals, obliterates Rob Cross, 110.81. Semi-final, yeah. obliterates Daryl Gurney, 110.32. And in the final, with a 11-9 with a 101.82. 4-1 average. So, in a major ranked PDC tournament, his lowest average was 95 and a bit. But He's done that three times in this Premier League. Five nights, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and also... All quickly, the other averages... We're missing this point. We're missing the point here. We are missing the point here. He should have been and could have been whitewashed on Saturday afternoon. He Jason Lowe had darts to win Every single one of those legs in the first five, should, and he actually won the session five nil. Should no, maybe whack out the Gino De Campo reference again? Look, <laughs> it, it might, it, he didn't <laughs> obliterate the field. He could have been out. He could have been out of the tournament in round five. You can't obliterate the field if you're going. If you go in average 95, it could have been whitewashed, man. I'm not debating that on after that, after the Wade Cross and Gurney, I am not debating you that those three consecutive games, I have not seen a better televised set of performances from Michael Van Gogh in a row since probably when he was winning tournaments left, right, and center in 16 and 17. Okay. But that Saturday afternoon performance, I cannot get over just how poor it was. And he was if, if Jason Lowe had been able to win any one of those legs, he would have been going home. But he didn't, and he went on to lift the title in pure MVG fashion. So, gentlemen, we've got he our did. top four. We're going to finals night. Go. Who wins the Premier League from here based on your top four? Gary. Gary. What? Gary. Gary. So I love it. Don't do this to me, man. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Gary. 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 It's the hope that I'm kills you. Don't do it to me. <laughs> Gary. He goes and does it. Gary goes and wins his third Premier League title. I think, look, in my opinion, it will be a great game. If it is second and third, I think the big thing for Gary, obviously, because I'm going at it, that he will finish top and MVG will finish third. I actually believe, and you're going to kill me for this, I know, but I actually believe that Glenn Durrett knocks out Michael Van Gerwen in uh, in the semi-finals. <laughs> and Gary goes and beats Glenn Durrett in the final. Over to you. I'm just trying to reenact that gift. <laughs> I know you're going to want to absolutely kill me at this point. Do you know what? I, I'm, we, do you know what? We threw around ats throughout the entire point over the last uh, few days on this show. 
So let's just throw in everything at this moment in time. No, I, I reckon Gary finishes top. He beats uh, Nathan Asprey in the semi-final. Glenn and Michael put on a clinic, but Glenn manages to beat Michael Van Gerwen in the semi-final, and then Gary beats Glenn. That's my that's my finals night. Simple as that. Yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> thanks, Cobb. Thanks for finally agreeing with me for once. <laughs> or in the, or in no contact zone. You're in the headband. You are different gravy. <laughs> um. Anytime, anytime today, love. That'd be great. I I know one of the finalists, which is it's Gerwin Price. I, I think he beats Gary. I think they finish two and three. It's whether or not I think that Snakey does a number on Glenn as a one-off or Glenn keeps his form. And I think that very much depends on if we play it at the end of this week or if we play it in a month and well, a half's time. The final is on the 22nd, so factor that in. Then I think Snakey gets his act together by then. And we see a snaky Gezi final. And who wins yep. that final? Oh, wow. It, is it repeat or revenge of the Grand Slam? The world champion wins the Premier League. So hang on a minute. Right, but Phil, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I've got I've got to come <laughs> in here. So you have just spent the last five days trying to tell me that Glenn Durrant is the best player in the world. And then if he finishes top of the Premier League at the top of the Premier League, and you're not even getting him to make the final. Yes. Simple. This man has got a serious <laughs> set of bollocks on him. Which is exactly the same. Which is exactly how I yeah. feel about Peter Wright. I just think with that much time to prepare <laughs> for a semi-final, he will get it correct. He is capable right. of finishing at the same level as Glenn Durrant. And I think he groups the scoring dart that little bit better. And I think with time to prepare, with Glenn not being on the board or just practicing or with the Autumn Series or whatever else is in between, not having this consistently, I think that Snakey turns it round, puts in that performance, and we see him in the final. And in the final, he's got the edge over Gezi. Just right. Quickly, just quickly, Phil. I I just say really quickly. It all depends. Obviously, when we know this uh, final obviously happens on October twenty second, I think we'll know a lot more about whether Glenn could sustain this form after the World Grand Prix in Coventry. Yeah, we'll come on to that. Shortly. I'm also right. But... Irrelevant. Is concerned about Glenn playing two games in one night. Hmm. Because he's made right. PDC mm. semi-finals and he looks tired when it goes, hey, all right, this distance isn't massive first to 10, but to play twice in that night, he does seem to drop a little bit towards those longer matches towards the end of the week when he's been at it and at it and at it. And yes, we haven't seen that in the Premier League so far, but they are still that little bit shorter. I think even if Glenn does make the final, I'd be worried about a drop-off in performance, even it though... 
being top ranked, he'd play first and then have the gap. Right, mine. So, based on what I thought, Glenn Durrant beats Gerwin Price in semi-final number one, booking a place in the final. The Al Clasico of Darts in semi-final number two. MBG beats Gary Anderson, setting up the dream final, in my opinion. Well, there's a surprise, Philip. You've backed the green machine. (laughs) 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 I'm glad. Surprise, surprise, the sun might come up in the morning. All I'm saying is I may have had a slight flutter on MVG to win the Premier League when he was outside the playoffs because the odds were slightly inviting. Um, and in the final, yeah, I'm going MVG to beat Glenn Durrant in the Premier League final. They I don't know. I, I... Despite, despite being Norton 4 against him by that point. He's not get. Well, it's not going to be Norton four against him, Gob. It's going to be one and three. There it is. There it is. Yeah. There it is. That was that was too easy. <laughs> right. So that is a look back at the Premier League. Um, right. We're just going to go flick to some YouTube questions. Thanks for everyone that's got involved. It's been amazing as always. Putting your top four requests in. A lot of people, Darren Anderson, right? Pretty much a lot of people going with us. Um, disagree there, Harry. Yeah. Seen a lot MVG of people has been dead. Yeah, I'm just saying no. very, very quickly. I've seen a lot of people on, on the YouTube comments tonight going, Anderson, Durant, Price and Wright. They're all suggesting that the green machine drops out. In the words because of, of the no, three no, of us, no, they no, know no, I no, am no. superior and are backing me. <laughs> um, well, that's not that's never so been true. Not just the prettiest face here. <laughs> Um, oh god Daz Reynolds where is the World Grand Prix being played in commentary it is at the Rico Arena bubbled behind closed doors that news broke this week very similar to Milton Keynes mate so the World Grand Prix leaves Dublin it's no longer Dublin double out in Dublin uh, very good. Uh, we saw, by the way, we saw a lot of angry, we saw a lot of angry Coventry City fans on our Twitter feed because we broke that because of that news being broken. <laughs> I was surprised. A lot of angry Coventry yeah. City fans. Sorry, Atlov. <laughs> Not our fault. Yeah. Um, Daz, how do we stream the home tour? The home tour is on PDC TV and all good bookmaker sites, mate. That's the only way you can watch the PDC home tour too. Um. So, yeah. Hi, Rob. Um, can I have a shout-out from the guy in the buzz cut and the black T-shirt, please? No, we cannot, because he's <laughs> sat down the miserable mess. <laughs> if he eats my dominoes that's on the way before we finish, I'm going to knock him out. <laughs> love that. Love, love to be friendly back there. Yes. But, but, yeah, guys, quick one. What do we think on the World Grand Prix in Coventry? Well, it's only 20 minutes from my house, so uh, I can't wait. Right down the bubble there. Beautiful scenes. Keep, get everybody event there. Keep it. The, keep it the, there's, there's a brilliant hotel called the uh, St. John's Hotel in Solihull. It's only about two minutes down the road. Put it there. No, honestly, it, it had to come away from, uh, from from Dublin with everything that was going on uh, with uh, the City West being used for coronavirus. Um, and obviously Milton Keynes wasn't available. 
Um, I, I like it. You know, I've always said the Rico is a really good place. Like the actual indoor arena is going to be hosting the netball yeah. um, for the Commonwealth Games in uh in in 2022 and it's it's a really good setup very very similar to uh what is there at milton Keynes, and and yeah i think it's a very very good move but um i, I can't lie I, I want it to move to i want it to move back um to the city west uh not in dublin but outside of dublin um next next year it, it, i think it just suits the place um as much as we don't like going there because of having to drive about 40 minutes outside of dublin to get to the venue every single time quick one jar as you're a local there the important question is there a wagamama's on site i've got some no, bad bad news for you, there is a casino yes there is a casino I there think that will suit the so players anybody... more as well i think that will keep them a little bit more entertained than perhaps what milton Keynes has to offer in the downtime if they're allowed to use it obviously depending yeah. on what's bubbled um but there um, is, yeah, there I, is, I like the Rico. That wa- was my first experience of PDC darts. I went to watch a development tour and a pro tour there, and the setup's decent. Hopefully, I don't think there's a balcony, Phil, so maybe we won't have the games in the background of our interviews as well. Maybe you'll be in a, a little room off the side, perhaps. So that might help as well. But <laughs> yeah, it's a decent setup there. Yeah, uh, no, on, also through well, some other comments. Go on. On, yeah, just to say quickly, quickly uh, for you, Phil. Big news: there is a Waggers in Coventry. It's about a fifteen-minute drive, though. Did somebody say just eat? You... <laughs> wrong, r- uh, wrong, r- wrong company. Not that I know, but Wagger Mama's on delivery. Uh, anyway, as <laughs> 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 um, uh, Reynolds, any news on the match play for next year? Yes, mate. Look, as long as everything is look as normal as it can be, the match play will be back at Blackpool at the Winter Gardens. I would stake my life on that. As long as we're allowed fans in, it will be at the Winter Gardens, mate. Uh, uh, Bobby, can Glendaron win the Grand Prix? Of course he can. Yes. He's the best double hitter there is. Um, Of course course he can win the Grand Prix. Uh, One, two, three, Kira. How does snooker allow fans but darts? Not at the moment. We can tell you that, mate. The World Championship snooker was done as a test event by the government. That's why they were allowed 300 fans in. Listening to what's going on, the PDC are genuinely still hopeful that there will be some fans in for the Premier League finals on the 22nd of October. So, fingers crossed, they are trying to I don't to see get why not. But... Football will be back at a capacity by then, um, all the way up to the Premier League, hopefully. I get that's outside and that's a little bit different. But, yeah, I just think that we're at that point now where we are going to start integrating society back to a little bit more normality. Um, There might be the odd restriction on on social distancing within and all that sort of thing. But I do think we're getting closer to a return to capacity events. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I say, listening to them. Go on, Joe. No, I was just going to say that I think the big thing for me is that what you'll see probably in a long time, uh, certainly world championships and everything else, if we're going to get fans in, there's not going to be anybody in the seated areas. So if you've ever watched Ali Pali before, obviously I think a lot of our listeners um, and viewers have. If you ever watched Ali Pali, have that big seating block behind the tables. That's probably not going to be there uh, this year. 
Everyone's going to be on the tables, much like it's going to be in Salzburg for the World Series of Darts finals. Everyone's going to have their own exit. Everyone's going to have their own entrance. It's just, I think that's the best way to be. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, fingers crossed. There will be some fans on for the Premier League. Uh, evening, Patrick. Any chance of the playoffs next Sunday? When I left Milton Keynes yesterday, mate, absolutely no chance. Um, they are adamant that it is the 22nd of October, as we said earlier. I don't think it will be at the O2. Um, but as they said, playoffs will be there, mate. So don't get me wrong. I know things change on a daily basis with everything that's going on. But as of yesterday, no no chance the playoffs are Sunday. Uh, cheers for answering great feed. No worries. Cheers, mate. Uh, Daz, who will Sky Sports next presenter be, please? Now, if we all knew that, we could be a very rich man. Uh, we don't know is the honest answer. Um chatting to a couple of the guys from Sky. They're playing around with ideas at the moment. They don't know who they really want to succeed Dave Clark. And let's be fair, one person trying to succeed Dave Clark is like trying to step into Santa Claus's shoes. It's just almost impossible. So I think up until and including the world, we'll see a variation of Sky Sports presenters heading stuff up is my take. Um, I think Nigel Pearce has done a great job. I think Emma yep. Payton done a great yep. job the night she done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not a fan of Andy Goldstein personally. My staying it wrong. I, I like his radio show and everything like that, but it showed up with his lack of darts knowledge. And darts is one of those niche sports that we all love. If your knowledge isn't there, you get found out rather quick. But Goldstein is a great presenter, but just not for the darts for me personally. Um, Guys, any thoughts on I'm the not sure. I, 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 I quite like goals. I think Pearson's done fantastic, but I think for the World Championships, trying to do that and commentate would be massive. And obviously with uh, Rod Studd still away from, from start at the minute um, on, on his recovery journey, I, I don't think you can really ask him to do both. I just think that would be too much for the block of time. I think Emma was class. I like Andy Goldstein. And... I agree with the knowledge to an extent, but I don't think he had the snooker knowledge when he first started for Eurosport. And I think he's built that up over doing events and being in and around the atmosphere where he just had no opportunity or, or no interest in presenting darts for a while. I think he can build that back up if that's the way they want to go. Um, I like Michael Bridge. I think he, he's got a lot of knowledge. Obviously, he's involved with the Sky podcast, um, was doing the interviews this week. I don't see why not. And obviously, everybody's favourite, Dan Dawson. There's there's plenty of options and opportunities at the minute. Jackie Oatley on ITV does a fantastic job. Could she make the switch maybe when the ITV contract's up? There, there's plenty of options for Sky. I think there's enough events and enough nights that they can trial people before... They make a dead set decision, obviously, for the Worlds. We know Croft will be back in and, and maybe even Laura Wood. So that's seven or eight names we've just mentioned. I don't think they need to make a decision this year with everything that's going on. I don't think it will be back to normal massively. They can chop and change a little bit and then start the year next year with a new dedicated host of, of Sky Sports Darts. I think personally what's going to happen is is that Rod Studd is will, will, when he's back um well who knows when it's going to be he's saying he's going to be available for the Grand Prix be amazing to see him there for the Grand Prix hopefully he'll be back for finals night for the Premier League 
Um, if not, he'll definitely be back for the World Championships. There's no doubt about that. We, we've we all met Rod. We all know what he's like. He's a fighter and there's no chance that he will never be, <laughs> that he'll be uh, fighting anywhere near the World Championships. If he can get anywhere near the World Championships, he will bloody be there. Um, and, and that's what that's why we love him, to be brutally honest, because uh, he's, that, he's that kind of a guy. Um, look, the names you've just mentioned, Michael Bridge, Dan Dawson, absolutely I would not have a problem with either one of them presenting in particular. I've got no problem at all with Goldstein either. Thought he was very, very good for, yeah, you know, for, for, for more of the casual viewer, I think, actually, trying to talk about people. Because let's be honest with ourselves, we, we are dead, we're broadcasting here to a dedicated darts audience. I don't want to go down the niche route of, of broadcasting because we'll be here all night. But we're broadcasting to, to a dedicated darts audience that watch us here. People who watch the Premier League, watch the World Championships, they're not probably darts fans throughout the year. People that go to the Premier League in particular aren't darts fans throughout the entire year. Maybe watch the match play and that's about it. And I think that, that Goldstein really talks to the viewer, those kind of viewers that well, talks about people with betting. I know people aren't, aren't really that big fans of betting. I understand that, but he, he gets the casual punter. And I, and I think that's the key for me on that one. Emma Payton was brilliant in what she did as well. Um, I thought it was well. And Nigel is a consummate professional. We all know how good Nigel Pearson is. Um, so, so there's that. In my opinion, and this is only my opinion, I would like to see David Croft be the new host. I think he's an absolutely excellent presenter. I think that he is a a, a, a brilliant presenter. Oh, you're you laughing there. You're laughing there, Phil. Why is that? Because right, there's this nice niche little thing that he does called Formula One. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes, but um, <laughs> I, I watch it every single week. Like I should have been in Belgium on. I should have been in Belgium this weekend. But, but I, but I, I think that. Look, I, I absolutely love Crofty. I think he's a brilliant F1 commentator. I've listened to him since well, since 2006 when he got the gig. But if you look at the reaction on socials, he, he's starting to get a little bit too excited, maybe on F1. And I don't think that they'll ever drop him from the F1 contract. I don't want them to, but. If they were to move him into that Sky Sports darts host role, that'd be brilliant. I'd like Laura Woods as well. But like you say, she's probably going to be the new role of football. And, uh, you know, rightly so. So I would personally like to see Crofty do most of the world championships and then go on. I understand that that he gets paid a, a good chunk of money to be the main broadcaster of Formula One, main commentator of Formula One for a lot of territories. But... In an ideal world, I'd like David Croft to be the new host, but either one of the guys that have presented on Sky recently, Michael Bridge, Dan Dawson, Laura Woods herself, and maybe even Rod when he comes back, I wouldn't have a problem with either one of them. They're all brilliant. Right, guys, what a perfect way to conclude this week's Live Lounge. We've taken you through just about everything in the world of darts that we need to, as of late, remember, we are back in Milton Keynes on Wednesday night, bringing you all the reaction as it happens from the bubble. Of course, we'll have the Live Lounge daily as well. The pod bringing you up to date with everything if you can't watch our stuff on YouTube. Just to like to thank everyone that's watched on YouTube this evening. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for everyone that's got involved with your questions. It's been amazing. I'm Phil Bars, Jack Gobby Garwood, Jonathan, and thank you very much as always, gentlemen. And we will be back next week for another Online Darts Live Lounge. Gentlemen, as always, we shall see you very soon. Thank you very much, guys. Mm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.